We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's the Week 16 NFL Review Show, and I'm joined, as always, by Blenderhead, Jordan Cooper. How are you doing, my friend? Well, not not that great after this slate. I I did fine at GPP, just that every every possible decision point for my cash lineup, I picked the wrong one. I can't wait for you to hear my cash lineup this week. I don't know if you looked at it already um, when you were looking at results, DB. But I can't wait. I crushed this week. So um, I can't wait to. I you can't probably, wait to you probably played the people I played in GPP that I should have <laughs> played in cash. Uh, so I can't I can't wait to um, I can't wait to talk about it. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but before we do that, um, let's get into just kind of breaking down what the cash builds kind of looked at like this week. Um, I think that some news definitely affected cash builds this week. Obviously, like Philip Lindsay kind of getting ruled out. Melvin Gordon came, became a cash game play. Um, Keenan Allen getting ruled out kind of made Austin Eckler more of a cash game play. Uh, so let's let's just go over that and, and talk about it. Um, you know, what were you looking at 
overall um, as, as cash game plays this week? Okay, I mean, I think for position by position for cash games, at least on DraftKings, we do DraftKings primarily because we have results DB. It's something that you should be looking at every morning. It gets updated. Sometimes it's updated late at night. Sometimes it's updated in the morning for the previous day's slate. And you get to see the exposures of, of top GPP players in multiple contests, the differences between double ups at different stakes. I mean, it's a good way to learn how to play DFS by just studying other players. But in this week's uh, cash games on, on DraftKings, uh, at quarterback, you were either playing uh, Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, paying up, you had the you had ability to. I know some people may have paid down a bit for uh, for like Trubisky or something like that. I don't think that's out of the question, uh, but I, I didn't do it. At running back, uh, the the three the three cash game running backs were essentially David Montgomery, Melvin Gordon, and Austin Eckler. But I understand if you played someone like David Johnson with pro, no Procise and no Duke Johnson there. I understand if you played Giovanni Bernard. Okay, at 4,800. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I thought was a stretch, but I don't I, I don't think that was awful. Same for like a Nick Chubb. I just think that your Montgomery and Eckler at that price range were the much higher projected plays right there. Uh, some people played Miles Sanders. I don't know about that, but but Daryl Henderson was was cheap. If you had to go all the way down there, I, I, I don't I don't call you nuts. I'm not sure if that was the correct build. And then at, let me go through tight end first. If you paid up for tight end, it was Kelsey, obviously. Then if you paid down, uh, you played either Donald Parham, the $2,500 tight end for the Chargers. But uh, you could have played Goddard. You could have played Austin Hooper. Uh, I don't think Noah Fant, that range, Noah Fant, Mark Andrews was like in that mid-range. The cash builds probably didn't go, didn't need a tight end in that range. You're better off using salary elsewhere. Wide receiver was much more open. The builds for wide receiver, way more choices that were, that were, were in viability. Just a matter of, did you want to pay up? Did you want to pay down? Did you want to pay all the way down? So if you paid up, most likely you took Calvin Ridley. If you paid in the mid-range, Deontay Johnson, uh, Brandon Cooks, I guess, uh, Robert Woods, maybe. Uh, but to me, like, all of the, the wide receiver plays were in the four to five K range. And that would be like Mike Williams with no Keenan Allen. Uh, you had T Higgins at 4,700, no Tyler Boyd. You had uh, looking through here. Uh, I mean, you had the cheap, I mean, some people went to Marvin Hall in the very cheap range. I thought that was a little bit thin. You could have played Sterling Shepard. You could have played, uh, Cam Sims was another cheap receiver. Uh, some people played Russell Gage. I don't know about that. Jamison Crowder was viable. Uh, I, that's who I wanted to play, but then I'm like, I, I, why am I playing a Jet in my lineups? And that came to bite me in the ass. Uh, all the Dallas receivers were good. Cooper, Lamb, Gallup, uh, and they all got there. So if you played any of them, you were good. Uh, Darius Slayton, I had in my lineup. because uh, To me, Marvin Hall... Like, I don't want to go, I, who knows with that? I, I don't want to take shots on that. If anything, let, let, let me get let me get a, a top wide receiver. I know it's a necessarily a bad matchup, but for 3,800, I mean, at least he has a ceiling for 20 points. 
And then uh, Allen Robinson, I guess, in, in the mid-range also, but most likely you were going up to Ridley. And then a defense, you most likely were playing the Texans. We got negative four. Uh, and, and, or the Panthers, who got like 20. So that, that, was, that was one hell of a swap. Uh, the Jets DSD was okay. And most likely uh, like uh, the, the Redskins or the Washington team, whatever. I keep on doing that anyway. Like that was about the build. I think, I think if I didn't mention anyone and they were in your cash lineup, I, you probably made a mistake. Yeah. I don't really have too much to add. I think Austin Hooper at tight end was another guy you could have played. Yeah. Um, no, I said, I said Hooper. Okay, I heard you say Parm and Kelsey. I didn't hear you say Parm, Hooper. Kelsey, Hooper, Goddard, yeah. in that yeah. like the three K range. If you wanted to play a three K tight end, yep. So, so, so it, out of out of all that, did, did you play in your main lineup, which is not necessarily a quote cash lineup? Right. Uh, did you play anyone that I didn't mention? No. Okay, so so then it's not it's not going to be that nuts. I played Marvin Hall. Well, I didn't think that was nuts. I just think it was unnecessary to take a shot on a thirty-two hundred dollar guy. I'd well, rather, I'd rather find the extra couple of hundred bucks and get a get get Gallup, get Slayton, get some get someone that you, you know what the hell's going on. Well, I had two spots left at wide receiver, um, and I was like, and I needed cheap wide receiver. So, like my expense, my most expensive wide receiver this week was T. Higgins. Um, so, like I knew I needed cheap receivers. So I was like, well, if I play Crowder and Hall, they kind of correlate with each other. So that's where I ended up. I ended up with Hall and Crowder um, as like a correlation in the last two pieces of my lineup. Okay, then who do you play a running back? Uh, Sanders, Montgomery, and Giovanni Bernard. Okay, and then quarterback? Hurts. So it's Hurts, Sanders, Montgomery, T. Higgins, Crowder, Hall, Kelsey, geo and seahawks defense it scored 168 points it's kind, of, it's kind of weird that you didn't play a cowboy in that lineup well usually i would and like always run it back but i was like if they route them i thought philly was gonna route dallas like for what it's worth um and the reason that i played hurts and sanders is because of how much pace that philly was gaining and how bad the run defense was for dallas so i really thought that it was going to be Hertz getting the hundred yard rushing bonus and Sanders getting the hundred yard rushing bonus um, and just kind of running all over Dallas. But um, obviously that wasn't the case. Um, So if I would have ran it back with like Gallup or something, instead of maybe T Higgins, I don't know how much it would have really gained me um, 10 points, probably. It's way more points than my lineup. I made every decision wrong. I wanted to play Jamison Crowder. I'm like, why am I playing a Jet? I've done this with Denzel Mims. Like, I know he projects well. I know he's 4,500. I know his prop was like 60 something. And I'm like, like, do, do I want to be? Do I want to be the fool with the three percent on Jamison Crowder in cash? He turned out to be 17 percent on because that's what he should be. But I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. And then, do I play the Texans defense or the Panthers defense? Well, obviously, you know which which one I chose. I chose the one with negative four. And then, uh, like, I, I have no problem with my running back plays. I played Montgomery. I played Gordon. I played Eckler. I, I, I know Gordon only put up 7.9 points, but no Lindsey there against the Chargers. I, I have no problem with that that whatsoever. I played T. Higgins. Great. I played Amari Cooper. Great. But in, instead of, I, instead of you know, Slayton Mahomes, I should have, I, I could have gone Hurts plus uh, CeeDee Lamb. 
played another Dallas wide receiver. The problem was is that that like that cheap receiver, that that second receiver was always like the second guy of the same team, AJ Green, because I didn't want to play Marvin Hall. So AJ Green, but I already have T Higgins. So like, do I really want two Brandon Allen pass catchers in my cash games? Do I want two Andy Dalton pass catchers in my cash games? So like that, that's what it comes down to. I wasn't, I wasn't going to pay up for Kelsey. Uh, I thought about Parham, but I'm like, that's, that could be a zero. So I'm like, so I had a choice between Goddard or Hooper. Well, Goddard projected slightly better. So I took Goddard. I figured, I figured I took Goddard to begin with, because since I wasn't playing Jalen Hurts and I knew Jalen Hurts would be popular, that at least if Goddard has a good game, it like mitigates some of the, some of the Hurts points. And then at the point in which, <laughs> which I, I saw what Hooper did, I couldn't, I couldn't switch to anything anyway. So it didn't matter. So like literally if I would have switched, if I would have literally just switched Goddard to Hooper and Texans to Panthers, I would have cashed even with Slayton's like five points. But if I would have done the, the switch of, of Hertz, Lamb, Hooper, Crowder, Panthers defense, I would have, I would have, I don't know. And maybe, maybe would have came in first in double ups. I don't know. Like that, that would have been, that would have been the ultimate correct decision. So literally every, every, every decision, but I had it all, I had it all there. I, I had a choice of all of these. I considered all of them. And out of the, like maybe the five or six combinations that I could have made, I, I ended up choosing the one that ended up being the worst. Yeah. See, I never, I never really got excited about like Melvin Gordon. So like, I think that was helpful for me. Cause like even in tournaments, I, I think I had one team with Melvin Gordon on it. So like that, that obviously came back and helped a little bit. Um, I was very high in tournaments on the Houston Cincinnati game. Um, I talked about it all week, every show that I did. Um, so like in cash games, I, I feel like there was so many, so many close like one V ones this week or two V twos or even three V threes that yeah, man, you just had to be on the right side. Like you mentioned David Johnson, like, had the Philip Lindsay news not come out, how much more, how many more people would have played David Johnson? And like, he necessarily wasn't a bad play. Um, so um, when all the, the Cleveland news came out, like that affected things too, because I saw people run Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in like um, tr- three mans and five mans. So, um, and you can't even hate on that kind of stuff. Like, I think like, you know, Perham probably would have been a little bit higher owned and Hooper would have lost some ownership had that Cleveland news not come out, but Landry probably would have been pretty popular. So it's tough to say. I think that Saturday night, Sunday morning changed a lot of people's approach to cash this week. Um, luckily for me, I was busy with family and doing the Christmas thing with my kids and stuff that I didn't even start building a cash lineup until Sunday morning. So I had all the news in front of me and, you know, just kind of, messed around with it you know at, at Sunday morning so um I do think it's interesting you know that like guys like Deontay Johnson weren't a little bit more popular I know Calvin Ridley was so expensive that like I'm taking Travis Kelsey over Calvin Ridley 10 out of 10 times you know if I'm paying up for somebody in, in cash builds because we didn't really expect Tyreek Hill to be a huge factor in the game you know they were going to be very careful with him so you know, I, I think it's crazy um, that well, still 10 10 of people in the five dollar single entry played Tyreek Hill in cash at nine thousand. Yeah, it's just 
that that's like paying the rake. Um, I don't even know how many fantasy points he scored, but I feel like that was paying ten the and rake. a half. He scored ten and a half. So, I mean, it that, that didn't it wasn't worth nine thousand. No, he almost got outscored by Hardman, who was I think free, right? Um, so like, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, I think David Montgomery was like one of the chalky good chalk plays. Um, T Higgins, I think was a good chalk play. I know Brandon Allen, like we were, were concerned about that, but that game was going to be so fastly paced um, that like, I think T Higgins was good chalk before the slate even started. So he could have busted easily too. Like, and, and what stinks is he was like one yard away from hitting the hundred yard bonus too. So. Right. And T, um, T Higgins was one yard away. The T yeah. Higgins and David Montgomery. David Montgomery was a couple of yards away from the hundred yard bonus, also. Yeah, Crowder was like eight yards. Like my team was the definition of getting really close to the hundred yard bonus. Um, so, like Kelsey had ninety eight, um, Crowder had ninety two, Higgins had ninety nine, um, and David Montgomery had ninety five rushing yards. So, um, right there, like right there. Um, but yeah, I don't think. What you what you were talking about is not too crazy as far as like cash builds go this week. Um, I was a little shocked how popular Melvin Gordon was. I can't lie; like I did not expect Melvin Gordon to be fifty to fifty five percent owned this week. He was one of the top projected running backs. Like I get it with no Lindsay there. The problem was is that Royce Freeman was still active, and they even gave this Bellamy guy some work out of the backfield. So Gordon really didn't, I mean, I, I don't even know if Gordon was targeted in this game. So once you take away his target share, then, then Gordon is not much different. Actually, David Johnson becomes a better play than, than Melvin Gordon. Just that Drew Locke, Drew Locke passed set, like 47 times. And, and I think Gordon had one target or something like that. I mean, I know I followed Drew Locke's stats because I was stacking him in GPP. That didn't work out. Melvin Gordon had zero catches. He had 79 rushing yards, and that was it. Way to go. So much so much for the revenge against the Chargers, right? Yeah, but you don't play him for the revenge game. Who cares about that? <laughs> no, he was 5,600, but was he really – I think this is the question we need to be asking, right? Was he really 40% better than David Johnson in cash games? No. At $500 difference. No, no, I agree with that. Like less less people in the backfield for Houston than there was going to be for Denver. You can even argue a better matchup for David Johnson and five hundred dollars difference. Um, and if you wanted to go down to like Geo, they kind of came in at you know about a thirty five percent difference in ownership too. I think like that's what we're supposed to be doing on the show, right? Like we're supposed to be analyzing like was Melvin Gordon really. 35% better than Giovanni Bernard and almost 40% better than David Johnson at a very similar price point. Right. But typically you're thinking those terms for GPPs more so than cash games and cash games. I'm actually more inclined to side with the ownership at the other end because of the, the, the fact that you don't gain anything by with relative value. Like, you know, so what? Oh, Gordon fails. And I have Bernard like, well, I'm still only doubling up. Like, I'm more like, like, what happens if Gordon puts up 30 and Bernard puts up five? Well, then you're dead. Like, then you 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 basically tanked your entire cash lineup on one decision. So, like, in cash games, in double ups, those types of things, if there's a is this, if there's a coin flip type of situation like that, I'm much more inclined to go. Well, this guy's going to be more like if you're thinking in terms of do I play Miles Sanders or David Montgomery, and they're close. Maybe you think Miles Sanders is slightly better. Maybe. 
Like one, just at the end of the day, just, just play, play the 70% on guy because if David Montgomery has a 30 point game, like you're dead, like you're dead. Like if you, if you miss on that one V one, like it, it almost doesn't matter what the rest of your lineup is anymore. So do I, you have to think in, ter- in your head, do I want my entire cash slate decided on this? And if, if your answer is no, then just play the higher on guy. If your answer is yes, it's perfectly fine to say yes, yes, I, yes, I, I, I believe this guy should be, you know, you, you played David Johnson over Melvin Gordon and obviously got there. Like that's perfectly fine. That if, if you were willing to take that risk, the difference between 51% and who knows uh, 12%. And if you miss on that, you know, you, you know, you're dead. So how, how much is your conviction? How, how much do you trust your projections in, in that regard? And that's, that's perfectly fine. In GPP, you do the other way. The GPP, you get rewarded. If you know if that, that, that flip happens in your favor, like you gain so much, you, you could win first place that way. Then cash games winning first place doesn't get you anything. I think even in cash games, though, like the whole David Johnson, Melvin Gordon argument, like David Johnson projected just as well as Melvin Gordon. Um, a little lower, a little lower. It was like, yeah, it was like two points, I think, or something like okay, that. Okay, two points is a lot. Two in points this is economy, a lot. But... Stevie, in this economy, two points is a lot. Yeah, but the, the what I'm getting at, as far as like David, I didn't play David Johnson. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I didn't play Melvin Gordon either. But I'm saying that David Johnson shouldn't have been forty percent difference because he's playing 80 to 90% of the snaps. Melvin Gordon is not playing 80 to 90% of the snaps. Like, I don't know. No, I, I, I just, you're, you're, ta- you're talking, you're preaching to the choir. I just uh, played I just, Gordon because everyone else was playing Gordon. Maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not how I build. So I, I can't like, I, I can't, that's why I don't play a lot of cash games. Um, that's why I play a main lineup and play more three and five mans. Um, and I don't play head to heads because I should play head to heads. Jordan, I should play head to heads. Um, right. You should play head to heads instead of double ups. Like your your type of lineup is good for three mans, five mans, and head to heads. And then yeah. just don't worry about the double ups. It's good for single entry tournaments, too. I had a good week um, in single entry tournaments. Uh, but yeah, I should have ran back a Dallas player. Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as uh, cash? No, I did go? horrible. I want to talk about where I did well in GPPs. So I did the same thing as you, Stevie. Like I built, I hand built 30 lineups. Okay. I was playing and I didn't play the slanter and I was playing the $40 multi-entry. I was playing the sing, the spies, you know, all the single entry three max stuff. And like half my lineups. I mean, I have it right here. Like, yeah, I, I played a ton, but the games that I was focused on, on in G. No, my the games that I was focused on was uh, was uh, Cincinnati, Houston, uh, Denver, uh, Chargers, uh, Dallas Eagles, and then as I was building, like I had to decide: do I want more of these games or, like, no one was playing Lamar Jackson, so I'm like, I could fill a tight end spot with him, and Slayton and Shepard actually projected halfway decently in the blitz, so I'm like, why don't I play Lamar plus Andrews plus Shepard, Lamar plus Andrews plus Slayton. Because Lamar's ownership was like 5%. So, I mean, obviously, Lamar Jackson could put up 40 points in any game. So, pretty much pretty much that's what that's what I did. I mean, and then I, I took a little bit of the Rams-Seahawks game, like Robert Woods, Chris Carson. That didn't work out. 
but but for the most part, I mean, those, those the 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 Eagles, Cowboys, and the the I mean the Cincinnati Houston game. I mean, I mean I had David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Watson. I got Higgins. I mean, that's what made most of my lineups. And then I played a, then I played a bunch of Hooper Crowder combinations, Hunt Crowder. You know, if I'm not gonna play Crowder and catch, at least let, let me projects well let me at least play him in gpp as a one-off or something or a secondary stack so like out of my 30 lineups i think i cashed like 22 of them but i mean i i didn't i didn't i didn't have enough to get in like the top 100 or anything like that but it's a it was a profitable week in gpps just from that point listen i i did not play as many tournament lineups as i usually do this week um just was too busy with the holidays, but I would say about 50% of my builds were Houston Cincinnati stacks. Um, I was very, very high on that game. Um, what did, did, did I, I thought it was even better when they announced that Brandon Allen was playing quarterback and not yes. Ryan Finley. Yes. Cause he, he, he will chuck it a little bit more than Finley. Um, so, yeah, and then like when Boyd got ruled out, like it was just a full go for me on like T Higgins and some AJ Green. So um a lot of David Johnson when Duke Johnson got ruled out, like that whole game just kind of set up to very condensed market shares in, in targets and rushing attempts. And the pace was gonna be really good. And like Houston and Cincinnati doesn't play defense. So like that game I talked about it so much this week. I think it sat at like a 48, 45 and a half total um, at the beginning of the week. And like, I was telling everybody to pound anything up to 48 um, all week. So hopefully they listened, you know, that game, you know, turned out being really good. My biggest issue was I went really high on secondary stacks of like Sanders and Phillies defense. Um, you know, so like that, that's where I kind of got burned in tournaments this week. Um, not having Gallup, not having a lot of CD lamb. I had some Amari Cooper, like Amari Cooper was in my main lineup on FanDuel. Um, I did run back like my Philly stack on FanDuel. Um, so like, it was just kind of, you know, finding that right balance, uh, this week. And there was some weird games, like, you know, Kansas city was another game that I kind of, um, approached that I wanted to be pretty heavy on the Kansas city side of things. And it kind of dudded. Let's be honest. Um, when you look at the pricing, Travis Kelsey was fine. He scored what? 22 fantasy points. Um, you can't really complain yeah, he was, about he was the that. only guy. He was the only guy that I played from that game. Only because well, the opportunity costs a tight end is just, uh, he's the, he's the one that could break the slate. So if I have money, I'm going to pay for him, but I played zero Ridley. I played zero. I mean, Mahomes was in my cash lineup, but I didn't play. My my whole my whole goal in GPP this week was that game to dud, and that a lower scoring slate I could win with Cincinnati, Houston, or or Chargers and Broncos with my, my vomit lock stacks. He's horrible. I mean, but sometimes he gets it's he he's such a high variance quarterback. It's like either he comes out slinging, and you know gets lucky with these passes, or sometimes, I mean, if you watched him play, wow, is he bad. Um, some of my other secondary stacks were, um, like Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, uh, that kind of worked out. Curtis Samuel had a really good game. He was 1% owned, um, in the $50, like single entry stuff. Um, I was just, that's just what the team I happened to pull up, but 
again, that was like Sanders Eagles. Um, I played some Trubisky and Allen Robinson didn't run it back. Um, we talked about last week that I'm just, I'm officially done running back Jacksonville against Jet or with Jacksonville. Like Trubisky did fine. He scored 24 Robinson scored 23 and I didn't need a run back. Um, like that was one of my high, higher scoring teams. Um, but it had like a David Johnson T Higgins, like secondary stack, um, with it as well. So I think this week, you know, David Montgomery, we knew was going to be chalk. Um, he was going to be really, really popular. And there was, there wasn't many ways to kind of make your David Montgomery teams different. Am I crazy? Like he, he, you could potentially play Montgomery and Trubisky together. I think I didn't end up doing any of that. Um, but I didn't see a lot of ways. So I tried to find some lower owned secondary stacks on my Montgomery teams. Well, I mean, I just, I just didn't bother with that game much. I mean, I, I played Montgomery. I played the bears defense. Like, it's like, Oh, I get leverage by playing Allen Robinson. It's like, well, he's owned. And then Trubisky stacks still going to be owned. Then I'm like, do Mm -hmm. I play Darnell Mooney? And I'm like, "Mm, do I have to do that? So (laughs) I was, I was more inclined to just like, yeah, I did just ignore the game, play some Montgomery and, Play Montgomery in my lock because the lock vomit stacks are so cheap that like you're almost you're forced to pay up at different places. And if I'm not playing Calvin Ridley, like the, those places are going to be a running back. So lock stacks obviously would have Eckler as a run back. That makes sense. And then it would have Montgomery. And then I now I'm having a chalk combination at uh, at the running back position, but I don't mind because lock is two percent. I have Jerry Judy at three percent. I have Noah Fant at eight percent. Like I don't care anymore. Like the Broncos stacks were low enough owned that I could just jam in whatever I wanted in those and didn't have to worry about ownership. I didn't plug any Donald Parham, uh, even though I was playing Broncos, because if I was going to fill in a tight end spot from that game, it's going to be Noah Fant. It's not going to be Donald Parham. And I ain't going to do the Parham Fant double tight end. If that, hey, if that wins uh, before this late, I'm like, if, that, if that's the winner, then, uh, then, uh, then I guess, guess I, I don't want to be right if that, that's the case, that that makes it there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, I, on a 10 game slate, there weren't as many options as we'll see next week. We're going to have a 15 game slate and half the teams have nothing to play for. And we're not going to know what the hell's going on until 90 minutes before lock with some of this inactives news. So get, you get uh, next week's NFL slate, uh, is the Christmas morning 2.0 buddy. What? It's Christmas morning 2.0. Oh, you call you oh, you think it's Christmas morning. I love week 17. I've oh, been so, so profitable you must like in week the last 17. week of NBA also. No, I hate I hate NBA, late NBA. But I, I feel like it's easier to adjust an hour and a half before lock than it is five minutes before lock. When you're okay, when you're so taking in a lot of five minutes, that's what makes a Christmas day for you. Well, they'll think about it like week 17. There's so much edge and just going overweight on any kind of news that comes out Sunday morning. And like, that's what I just do. Like I, I usually don't even like build a team until 1130 on week 17. Uh, and well, I, I think mean, I'm just going to play GPP. I'm gonna, we're going to come on and do this show the last, last week of the year. And I'm probably going to say, I didn't play cash games because I ain't going to deal with it. Like I'll play G like that edge is more realized in GPPs. Oh yeah. Than anything yeah. else. Because typically sharper players tend to play cash games more. So they'll adjust as much as I adjust. So like I'm going to be playing the low stake stuff, the play action, the the, the, the slant, stuff like that. Because we even see this week in GPP, 
Melvin Gordon was 38% in the wildcat, 17% in the play action. Now, yes, I know he didn't get there. But, I mean, with the Lindsay news and everything, he's like Montgomery was about even across all contests. Because yeah. it's like that's that's a knowable thing. Austin Eckler, 27% in the Wildcat, 15% of the play action. T. Higgins, 22% in the Wildcat, 15% in the play action. So it's like things, David Johnson, 18% of the Wildcat, 12% in the play action. Austin Hooper was uh, no actually more owned in the low stakes. Donald Parham was 16% of the Wildcat, 5% in the play action. So this just shows that any type of news type of thing is more likely to be efficient in the higher stakes and not in the lower stakes. So obviously with week 17 being very heavy with that, that's the reason why I'm more inclined to like, let me take advantage and get the, get, get the rake paid in the low stakes contests. You know, maybe, maybe I do. It may sound weird to do, but at 1130 with inactives, like that's when I build my hundred plus, like I don't even do the Saturday night. I'm going to build before and then tweak. When I hear inactives, it's like, it may be the thing where I might as well just blow everything up and just don't start until then. Sleep in on Sunday morning this week. <laughs> um, no, listen, like, I think, like, look at look at the play action and look at the Wildcat this week. I think that sharper players adjusted to the later news and, like, the lower stakes stuff, people built Saturday night and then didn't adjust Sunday morning. Giovanni Bernard little bit more popular in the lower stakes Le'Veon bell 20.8 percent in the play action and 14.6 percent in the wildcat like that's a lot of saturday night building when that news like that news didn't really affect things um and that's why melvin gordon was 17 and 38 like you were saying um there was a few others that like were kind of widespread david johnson the lower stakes a lot lower owned a lot higher owned and the higher stakes stuff. Um, so there's a lot of, um, a lot of difference in those. Um, I feel like people ran back Kansas city, Atlanta a lot this week. Um, a lot of correlation and ownership with those stacks. Um, I think, you know, kind of looking through this morning, saw a lot of Cincinnati, but didn't see a lot of Houston with the run back. And like, if you're gonna run back, if you're gonna play Cincinnati in that game, you should have definitely been running it back with, um, you know, Houston. Like, you want that game to shoot out, and there was plenty of ways that you could run it back. David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, Kute. Um, there was plenty of like Deshaun Watson. Like, when you're seeing Le'Veon or Giovanni Bernard around twenty percent and T Higgins around twenty percent, you're not seeing any of the Houston guys. Um, over like 15 like there was there was missed opportunity if you were you know high on that game right I was primarily playing Watson stacks that's the reason yeah. like if I'm gonna play T Higgins well why don't I just play Watson QT Cooks why don't I if I'm gonna play uh Watson stacks why don't I play Watson Bernard Cooks like I was I, instead of me playing Brandon Allen as the stack I played Watson as the stack because Obviously, at his price at 7,600, more people are playing Hurts and more people are playing Mahomes. So, like, it's right in that dead zone, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get leverage by doing so. So, like, seven percent owned Watson plus ten percent, twelve percent owned Cooks plus plus a, a chalky T Higgins. Well, I have I have a decent amount of leverage that, like, if I want to play David Montgomery in that lineup, that's that's probably perfectly fine. 
Uh, what else kind of stood out to you this week as far as tournaments go? Well, Pam, recency bias. I mean, there's no reason why J.D. McKissick and the play action should be 6% owned and Pollard be 2.5% owned. But people look at game logs and don't realize that Ezekiel Elliott and, and Antonio Gibson are back. But I'm, McKissick still put up 23 points. So that they got a long touchdown, though. Right. But I'm just I'm just saying I notice Wildcat 1%, play action 6%. Like, this is obviously recency game log watching Tony Pollard. Why are you playing Tony Pollard with Zeke back? Like at a, at a sixty five hundred or something that that's that's ridiculous. So to me, two and a half, two two point four five percent of people in the in the in the play action, like that's like a rake reduction, I guess. Like that's why I like looking at the all the way at the bottom. I see is like, like because you'll find these one percent, like one percent point nine percent, and you go, why would anyone, why would anyone play them? Like like I'm not talking about like real people. Like Zach Pascal was one percent owned. But I mean, he's a real person. Like, he, like, there's no reason the Nets like, didn't project well or anything. But at least he's a guy that's that's going to see the field, and he's a cheap guy at his price. So yeah, okay, I get it. But I mean, I'm looking at I, I try to find the people that are like injured or 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 not going to play. Benny Snell is one percent owned in the play action. Why? Connor's back. Like like those types of things. And yeah, and it all adds up. You don't find as much of that in the in the higher stakes contest. So to me, the lower stake contest, even though they're raked higher, I think, especially in NFL, especially in large field, that there's there's enough. It almost feels like I could add up like the percentage of 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 players that like are so poorly projected or so badly in lineups that like instead of fifteen percent rake, it, 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 maybe it's an effective ten percent, ten twelve percent rake. Uh, because those lineups are just completely dead and it kind of evens things out. So I, 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 I'd rather the rake be lower. Sure. But in the lower stakes, I think a lot of that is, is, is paid for by a lot of dead lineups. Yeah. Um, I definitely understand what you're saying. You know, like Gus Edwards, he kind of got there, but like he wasn't a great play going into the slate. So, um, and he was, you know, 2% in some contests. Um, Man, the one thing that like I wish I could get back this week is just being heavier on Dallas. Um, I don't know why you being... weren't. To me, they projected so well. Uh, I was like, <sighs> but the thing is, the thing is, is that I was considering doing an Andy Dalton stack. I was considering it. I was like, well, I, I, I have Cooper, I have Lamb, I have Gallup. I'm mixing them all in. I don't necessarily like the 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 Eagles receivers because like everyone's healthy. They have Jackson back. Alshon Jeffrey and Fulgham and Rager and Goddard and Ertz, like and bear, Tigers and Bears. Oh my, whatever. I mean, like there's just too much stuff going on there. But I like Hertz is is Hertz is a rushing quarterback. So I'm like, well, I built Dalton. I go Dalton, Lamb, Cooper, and I'm like, well, who do I play for the Eagles? The Goddard in the tight end spot, and that's it. It's like to me, it makes sense to just like, well, let me just change Dalton to Hertz because I think if this game shoots out. Hertz beats Dalton. So like the the Cowboys receivers get there, but Hertz get is higher scoring than Dalton. So that's what I built. It turned out that Dalton put up more, but the, the Cowboys were the ones that beat the, the Eagles by a ton of points. Yeah. I don't know. I got so one-sided on that game, like mentally. Wish I would have just had a few like run back or a few like Dalton stacks. Um, very, like I said, very high on like Sanders Eagles defense. And 
that was I, I get in retrospect that was probably dumb so i was like how do i how do i get off of jalen hurts well i'll play sanders with the eagles defense um well you get off of hurts by playing the cowboys defense <laughs> yeah you get off you get off of hurts by playing dalton with Gallup and cd lamb and cooper um and then running it back with like miles sanders or something i don't know um uh, this is one that i wish i could get back a little bit i would Faded Le'Veon Bell, faded Purim. Like, I, I made some good decisions this week. Um, like I said, I was very, very low on Melvin Gordon. Um, one of the reasons that I had such a good week was just to, you know, fade fade the bad chalk. Um, man, I wish I, – I didn't even have a ton of, like, Austin Eckler. I don't think he killed you um, if you weren't really heavy on him. Like, you know, like my main running backs this week were – David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, and Giovanni Bernard. Like I played those guys a ton throughout my lineups. Um, went went pretty heavy on David Johnson and Kareem Hunt too. I thought Kareem Hunt was going to have a big game out of the passing passing side of the game. So um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think that there was a lot of opportunities this week. Um, we we say it. I feel like we say it every week, but a lot of opportunities to gain on the field uh, with late news this week. Yeah, and that's and you should brush up on that for week 17, 15 games. Who knows what's gonna happen? They flex the the, the Washington Eagles game to to the night game. Because that's the one that we want to see. I mean, because obviously the NFC East, it's a matter of like who out of these bad teams is actually gonna win this division. So that that I guess that those are the meaningful games, but we have a lot of I mean, we're gonna see a lot of a lot of people resting. If you haven't played NFL DFS and until this year you don't realize week 17 is like you you don't even know like 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 the entire starters will be out and then you have to just guess and go well who's the wide receiver one and who's this guy gonna throw to and like you you're not even sure about that so you'll you'll there'll be quote tons of value because the the sites will come out with pricing and then like half the people that are AK and above just aren't even in, like they don't even play. So now like you could build any teams that you want. Like you have no problem. Salary is not an issue anymore. It's just a matter of like, well, it, is this, you're going to have like 15, $3,500 wide receivers to choose from. And no one know. And you could, you could, you could listen. No offense to Stevie and Grant on the morning grind on, on, on the midweek. You could listen that we're just all guessing at this point. You could say, oh, well, so Nicole Hardman's going to go. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with, with these teams? Like, oh, Allen Robinson sitting. And then, oh, well, it's going to be all Anthony Miller. And then Javon Wims comes out of nowhere with 12 catches. I mean, like, like just put, this is a great, this is a great week to embrace variance. So if, if there's group think, if you see, if you're researching and you see other people talking a lot about certain things like this, Week one and week 17 are great weeks to embrace variants because week one, a lot of teams are new and we don't know who's good and who's bad. So, you know, people don't know as much. And week 17, same type of thing. So I'm much more likely Sunday morning to go like, like, oh, everyone thinks this. And I'm going to think the negatively correlated thing to that because it's more likely to work out for you than, like, I mean, look, Marvin Hall. Oh, he's going to be wide receiver one. Who the hell the hell knows? With none of their wide receivers there, you don't know if Hunt was going to be a wide receiver. They're going to run two wide, two running backs, three tight ends. You, I mean, they 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 could have done a multitude of things. Uh, so anyone that says that they're sure of what's going to happen is more likely to be wrong on a week seventeen than any other week. 
I don't disagree with that either. I don't think there is anything sure. I think the the thing you do week 17, the most research on is what games matter, what teams are playing for something. Um, start there and then kind of see like what falls on Sunday morning. Um, uh, and that's honestly, that's what me and Grant are going to be talking about a lot. What games matter? Like you look at the Chiefs, like do the Chiefs roll out their, their starters the full game? Probably not, but the the back end of that is like could Travis Kelsey break records at you know tight end I think he's getting close to breaking um, I think he already record. did did I he think break he did it this game. Yeah. yeah so like Mike Evans um he needs like I think 20 or 30 yards to be the first wide receiver ever to start his career with seven straight thousand receiving but when he gets that he's probably done um I don't think Tampa is really gonna roll these guys out there they're they're locked into the wild card and you know, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of old. All those guys are old. Um, so, you know, you kind of, you're going to have to see what games matter. Um, like, could the Bucks go out and play a full game and try to catch the Saints? Um, I don't know who has the tiebreaker. So you got to kind of look and see, like, who has the tiebreaker between the Saints and the Bucks? Because if that game doesn't matter, like, what is Green Bay going to do? Are they going to go out there and try to put up points to lock in the number one seed? Yes. Green Bay is going to be full force, hundred percent, and they got a chance that they can beat the Bears and uh, you know hurt their playoff chances. So, like those are the types of games that are going to matter. Is much going to change for the Chargers? No, like they they've been out of it for so long. Um, is is a lot going to change for the Falcons? Well, Julio is probably not going to play, but outside of that, like they're probably going to roll out their guys. Um, you know, they got an interim coach that's trying to prove himself. Um, so I think week 17 is all about finding the situations. I think that if David Carr is really dealing with like a groin injury, we might Derek see like Carr, Mark- David Carr doesn't play anymore. I know Derek I do Carr. that. I do that all the time also. <laughs> right. I remember David Carr's like, no, it's Derek Houston. Um, but yeah, like, you know, we might see like Marcus Mariota this week. You know, so like, you know, that's that's the kind of things that really could open up all types of value and open up all kinds of things. Um, you know, I, I think the Chiefs are in the driver's seat to to rest guys um, as much as possible. They're they're two games up on the Steelers. They're locked in. They're going to have a they're going to have a week off after this, too. So maybe they play the first half. But I think like if they're priced up, this is a team we we probably pretty much stay away from. Um at first glance, like the Dolphins have to win. So like that's a team like they're playing the Bills. That should be a, a shootout type of game. Um, you know, that should be a really good game. So, you know, Josh Allen is a guy that's already like on my radar. Steelers kind of need to win their game to stay a, ahead of the Bills, um, depending on what happens on Monday night. Like, you know, the Steelers and the Bills game's going to matter. So a lot of games potentially mattering, um, especially like the Steelers Browns game. Like that's a game that I have circled. The one o'clock games look fantastic. But the AFC games, so kind of have to see. But I think Week Seventeen is going to be fantastic. So, yeah. Anything that's else, why you Jordan? check out all the content that Roto Grinders. If you're a premium member, you get all the premium stuff that are the Discord, yeah, uh, the, the 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 videos and everything. Lineup HQ. So uh, go to RotoGrinders.com/slash/premium. There's still a uh, that we, we if NBA stuff, you can just pay for NBA. If you just want just a sport, then just pay for that sport. But if you want all in one, there's now a new combo package. So like you could even, if, even if you don't want to want to pay for premium, you can get the Roto-Grinders app 
and it always has like the latest news. You could get push notifications. Oh, so-and-so is sitting in, in NBA, like weird starting lineup in something, or, you know, so-and-so is inactive at 1130 in the morning. Like, like our, our news team at, at Roto Grinders handles all that. So feel free to download the app, put, turn on the notifications for it for whatever sport, whatever content, if you want to know when the, when the grind down is posted there, you could even get a notification for that. So like, you don't have to worry. You have, Oh, where do I look for this information? Like, it'll just come to you. Like, I don't have, to, I don't have to, I don't have to start, start. Hey, Stevie, is so-and-so going to play this week? It's like, oh, well, when that news comes out, when that Q tag becomes inactive, like I'll just get a notification. It's beautiful. It's going to be a very busy week for the alerts team. That is for sure. So um, that's going to wrap it up here for the week 16 review show. We will be back next week. We will re- review week 17. Um, we will have a basketball podcast on Monday as well, like we did today. You guys can check that out. It's on the Morning Grind feed. Uh, five-game NBA slates, and um, we're just patiently waiting for some Brooklyn news. So, uh, Blender, always fun, my friends. Um, we'll be back next week. I know you got uh, the preview show that's starting up here soon, uh, pregame show that's going to be starting up for NBA. when it, Once NFL um, kind of goes down and you got the theory of daily fantasy sports, 15-hour uh, masterclass, you guys should definitely check out. So that's going to wrap it up. See you guys next week. Good luck in your contest for week 17. It's going to be fun.